1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. No one
0: likes to say goodbye, sadly this week we've had to say goodbye to the Champions League group stage but we will get on to that for now. Hello and welcome to the Anglo-Italian podcast. As
1: always my name is Rory and I'm joined by my very good friend Adam. Hey Rory, how are you doing this evening? I felt really at home when I heard Anton Griezmann is still playing football manager and he's guiding Blackburn from the Championship to the Premier League, currently in sixth position. And uh, he doesn't recall who is right back from Liverpool that he got. So I'm sure Calvin Ramsey is feeling at home with that thought. Um, but it makes me feel a little bit easy with my FM addiction, as I'm sure with yourself as well, Rory. But Man, how I've are things a, in life?
0: I've, I've had a traumatic day on Football Manager today. Um, <laughs> so I got Barney promoted into Serie A. Uh, mm. Well, first time trying. <laughs> I am now bankrupt, <laughs> so I'm trying to stay in Serie A with minus money. It uh, turns out it's quite Minus difficult. points as well, and, is it? Uh, no, not quite. No. Not quite at that oh. level yet. But I had the striker on loan, Marco Nasti from Milan, yes. who was incredible. Yeah. Halfway through the season, had 10 goals in Serie A, bossing it. I was 15 from like, right, killing it. Here we go. They recall him halfway through the season. Oh, no. <laughs> I've got nobody to score goals. I can't sign anyone. I can't even pay a signing on fee for no. a player. So I, I'm playing a 16-year-old up front, right? Or <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Lasagna. I'm sticking <laughs> with a 16-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, and now I'm all of a sudden, I'm only three points above the relegation zone. It's looking pretty nervy. I've got mm. seven games left. It's pretty stressful, man. I don't want to get relegated. and have to come back up. Is Trebo so West available on a free game. transfer? <laughs> I can't even do free transfers. It's insane. Honestly, I have zero money. My scouting is like minus 100 grand or something now. I'm oh like, yeah, God. I really not run this club very well. <laughs> um, so you can imagine what my personal finances are like, listeners. Um, but apart from that, Milan is all right. It's not Good. bad. Um, winter's kicking in, but I've got my hot tea. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll be all right. Um,
1: how are you doing, man? Yeah, not too bad. Like yourself, I'm showing the listeners as well that are viewing on uh, YouTube. I've got a bit of uh, Polish vodka, uh, because unfortunately, Rory, I told you offline, I've been uh, suffering with this viral infection that's uh, sweeping the UK at the moment. So uh, yeah, I've uh, spoken about my uh, traumatic experience last night, um, but I'm glad to say I'm fully recovered. So that is just in aid of if I have like a coughing fit. So I do apologize in advance to those listening. I just want to see you do a shot on the camera. Honestly, (laughs) for it to go on YouTube. It'd be amazing. I'll just do a little bit now there we go oh look at that smooth like ice there we go
0: there we go honestly listeners polish vodka will kill almost anything (laughs) if not everything so i think adam should be able to get to the end of the show hopefully um so we do have quite a lot to talk about obviously as i referenced at the top of the show that is the last ever champions league group stage Mm. um I'm going to miss it. We will miss it. We're going to talk about how we feel about it. Maybe some of our favorite moments, some of our favorite teams that have appeared um, and what this means for the future of the game. We will be wrapping up the final round of fixtures in the group stage. Um, We'll be talking about Manchester United again. Don't worry. We'll be talking a little bit about um, Milan. Of course, I called it. I got a prediction right. (laughs) Pioli managed to pull something out of the bag and we'll be talking about who we would like to see or not like to see in the next round mm-hmm. then of course we'll be looking at the Premier League and Serie A weekend's coming up we've got some big games in both countries, um, there could be a few hammerings on the cards I'm yeah. kind of anticipating it a bit, but listeners we are going to take a very, very quick break and after that we'll come back with the Champions League yeah. Are back, and it's time for the last ever round of the Champions League, the group stages. And it was emotional. Let's talk about Mm. the games first before we go into (laughs) the wider issues. Let's start on Tuesday night. And if we are starting on Tuesday night, we can only start as always in bloody Old Trafford. I'm so sick of being there. As Man United nil Bayern won. Now, I think the thing that stood out for most people in this game for a game that Manchester United definitely, definitely, definitely needed to win, Mm. it was a defensively solid performance, sure, but there was nothing else. They managed to produce one shot on target, which was a target from uh, a shot from Luke Shaw. Um, Mm. They had five shots in total compared to Bayern's 10 and three on target. Um, They didn't, they had less possession, a
1: lot less passes um they played like the away team in this game i don't know strangely enough yeah i mean if you look at the way they kind of conceded that goal you'd have actually thought that they were on the attack or counter-attacking mm-hmm. at the time because the amount of space they kind of afforded to the Bayern munich kind of midfield and their attacking <laughs> players you would have thought there was something going on right um It was strangely one of their better um, performances, but on the flip side, actually, the formation just didn't work. The type of players Mm. that were kind of asked to do certain roles for this match clearly didn't follow it through. And I felt sorry for the likes of Amrabat, for example, who had to kind of a bit like a FM kind of formation where you expect one midfielder to cover the whole of that midfield area. That's what he was doing, basically, which I thought was really weird because like, how else is he going to... I suppose, do anything when you haven't got anyone that can support you. Um, And yeah, I I felt really sorry for the way they went out in some respects, but then they've only got themselves to blame and Ten Hag has to answer a few more questions. I think the one stat that I've kind of pulled together here, Rory, so since November, going until this very moment in time, um, they've scored 10 goals, conceded 19, and in that space of time, they've won four games lost five and drawn once. Um, Now, if you compare that to the likes of, say, Liverpool, who are top of the Premier League, um, if you include tonight's result where they lost as well, um, so they've scored 22 goals, conceded 10, but they've won six games and only had Mm -hmm. two defeats. And just to make it even more kind of comparison, I've just compared it to Sheffield United. Sheffield United, in that space of time, have conceded 12 goals and scored only four times. I'm not going to dwell too much on how many they've won and lost, but just to kind of give you the comparisons of how mm. poorly Man United have been performing, yeah. look, they've conceded less goals than Man United in that space of time. Um, and we know about the fact that Man United have got this une- inevitable kind of record of conceding a lot of goals at this group stage as well. Um, joint with obviously Royal Antwerp, which yeah they kind of made a mess of it yesterday as well, to be fair. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, shocking. I mean, what, what was your takes from the game? I mean, do you, do you see a future for Ten Hag?
0: I think while this take I've said it before, but I think while this takeover is still underway or not finalized, mm. I think he's gonna be in charge. There's no one yeah. there to actually take charge to fire him, I think no, at yeah, this point. Exactly. But the fact that rumors and stories are now coming out of who Jim Jim Ratcliffe actually wants. There was I saw mm. a story today that he's talked to Graham Potter. Yeah. Um, there's a few yeah. names coming out now that like, I think Eric Ten Hag may not be long for this Man United world. And honestly, I just, I don't, I, I think it's probably deserved. I think, mm. look, we know there's so many issues at that club. We've talked about them every frigging week for two years. <laughs> it feels like, but he still has to take some of the blame. And I understand that. I think what he, what happened here is he got caught between two stools mm. and he's like, right. We definitely can't concede. Cause if we concede, we're never coming into the game again. Yeah. But then, okay, we need to score. And I think it's just with the ability in this squad or lack of ability in this squad or mm-hmm. the lack of running or whatever it is, they're only able to do one thing at a time. It's like, mm-hmm. I think Arteta used the analogy of like having a blanket that's too short, right? <laughs> you pull it up because your nipples are cold and your feet are cold. So you lower it down and your feet are warm, but your nipples are cold kind of thing. And I think they can only cover one thing at a time. Yeah. And so, so I think defensively, pretty good. Solid, right? To keep Bayern to one nil, like Bayern definitely should have scored a few more. Yeah, but definitely. to keep them down to like a relatively low number of shots, I suppose. Like defensively, it was a solid performance, but just attacking wise, there was nothing. I a just short. think he got caught between yeah. two stools. The squad isn't able to focus on two jobs at once, no, <laughs> and really yeah. the, ultimately, the quality told. And I yeah. think uh, even a player like and you mentioned him, Amrabat. It's crazy how players just deteriorate at that club. Now, because we saw him at Fiorentina and we saw him. Now, I know international football matters more to some players, right? And like sure. him at yeah. the World Cup, he was an it's absolute incredible. phenomenon, just mm. running like he's still running from the World <laughs> Cup, right? Like he just did not stop running. But, and at Fiorentina, he was similar. He, he wasn't mm-hmm. like, he was basically the sole defensive midfielder in that team. I think he was able to give license to the other midfielders to push on a bit more. Exactly, yeah which is why Fiorentino are missing him so much now. But I think once he's got to um, United, he's not able to do that because you're adjusting to a new league. The Premier League is faster than Serie A, right? It is higher mm. intensity. And then you're also the only one in the midfield doing that job. Yeah. And I just felt like we're watching him deteriorate again. I think he's a player that just looks low in confidence and not not able to do his job. He looked out of his depth. I don't think he showed enough quality. And I'm just like, well, there's another player that's gone there, and it's just it's absolutely yeah, killed terrible. him. And it's taken what three months? Mm, like yeah. it, it's he joined on the last day of the transfer window, right? So it's yeah, like he's yeah, exactly. been there two, three months, and it's just like it just blows my mind. And I thought, yeah, it just kind of that highlighted it me highlighted it to me a bit, like oh, there's another player that's gone now, and it's yeah. just it's getting quicker and quicker, but. Um, to answer your original question I think Ten Hag is here until Jim Ratcliffe uh, takes over ultimately Mm. but this is the worst ever performance by an English team in the Champions League group stage Um, it is monumental how bad they've been Um, and I think Ten Hag after the game was trying to cover it and trying to be like you know oh well we played well and we were in the game and to keep it 1-0 we did well and it's like but even like talking like that you're like but this is, and again, this is, awesome, yeah. this is Manchester United we're talking <laughs> about. Like, at home, you've got to be fucking going for it. And, like, even yeah. his, his substitutions at the end, I thought he made, like, I know Kobe is a very exciting young midfielder exactly, yeah, and a player yeah. that, like, you know, everybody's excited about. I don't know if he's the player that's going to come on and save a game for you. Hannibal Mejbury. Again, a midfielder, not a particularly attacking midfielder from what I've seen. He scored that banger Mm. once, but I don't think he's a player that like... And United fans might now be shouting, okay, well, who do you bring on? Because on the bench, there really isn't that much depth. There's two goalkeepers, right? Like, (laughs) Canada says a lot. But I still feel like some of those substitutions were a bit...
1: (sighs) Is it his fault that they can't make a change? What do you think? I think you could have set them up slightly differently, personally. I I felt like, um, given that you know that they've got some attacking kind of wingers in that Mm -hmm. squad, but also if you looked at the formation, they had Goretzka, they had Kimmich in that middle of their kind of midfield as being the kind of battlers to hold off the ball and make sure you're kind of attacking. So you kind of know that the midfield area is going to be the area that you're going to have to contend with. So, given that you've got someone as um, good as Raphael Varane that sat on the bench, um, surely, personally anyway, this is me thinking about it. I would have gone with a three-five-two 5 2 formation um, mm-hmm. personally, because I think you you can try and solidify when you're on the counter-attack with a 5 in midfield and obviously, or 5 at the back, should I say, Harry Maguire is much more comfortable as a 3 yeah. in defence and Look, he was obviously the player of the month for Man United as well in the Premier League, as I believe in the Premier League as well. Um, Premier League and manager of the month in yes. this game, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, if you think about the fact that they aren't really creative in that final third at the moment, they're not creating the opportunities for Rasmus Hoyland. And we saw glimpses of what he can do when he's basically getting the kind of last ball or just threaded ball against Galatasaray, wasn't it? That performance Mm -hmm. where he kind of acts on that last shoulder, essentially. So I feel like that was the missed opportunity, that they could have stretched that by in Munich defence. We know it's not the most solid if you saw the last game against Frankfurt, it's a lot of individual errors. So it was mm. there to be exploited, right? Um, yeah. But I don't think he necessarily played for that. Um, and looking at his kind of tactics—I mean, if you call it tactics—I I don't necessarily understand them. I just don't. I don't know what he was expecting. It was almost like all the chips going into red, and it went on yeah. black, right? That's yeah, what happened yeah, yeah. in this game. And um, unfortunately, I think that game kind of personifies issues at Man United. Like, they've mm-hmm. just got no idea. And Ten Hag doesn't know how to change it. I mean, mm-hmm. we've said it for weeks, Rory. I'm getting tired yeah, of we've it.
0: Been it. We've been saying it forever. And I also think one of the things, I saw a stat today that was, it's been 25 games and Anthony's got one goal. <laughs> um, no assists and one goal. And I think another player who I dislike, but another player who... I think that is a player that Ten Hag went in heavy on as this is the guy we want, right? 80 million, 100 million, whatever United fans want to argue it was. It was a lot of money. He's worse than Pepe, right? Yeah, yeah. This, like, I think he again sums up the lack of quality at Manchester United and it's tied to Eric Ten Hag because he was Mm. his guy. And I was watching again that stick to football and the interview with Yap Stam, which I don't know if you've (laughs) seen it, Really interesting, super top guy. Like, it just seems like a proper sound bloke. Mm. And he was saying he was confused when Manchester United signed Anthony because he was like, he was okay in Holland, but he wasn't great. He wasn't mm. like amazing, yeah. but he was I saw that yeah. okay. Um, and there are starting to be stories about players who United are getting linked to are being signed by Eric Ten Hogg's agency right okay yeah um or someone in his family has the agency and he's getting linked with these players and i Hmm. suddenly think ah okay um now i know ferguson did the same right ferguson's because his son was an agent and got all these players signed up to agents or whatever um but it's just another thing where you're like ah okay was there something else going on here was there like a just they've, they've appointed mm. a bad character, if you know what yeah, I mean, or like, like their appoint like their recruitment in general has been recruiting bad characters. Yeah, like, have they recruited a bad character as a manager as well? So it just feels like, yeah, it's all just a bit grim, isn't it? It's all yeah. just a bit grim, but I'm fed up with talking about Manchester United. So we're going to move on to Bayern Munich. Um, mm. and I just wanted to say, Kim Min Jae. He's <laughs> suck. That's freak me. I forgot how good he was, because I've obviously, I don't watch much Bundesliga, I'll watch the odd game, but I forgot how incredibly good he is. Yeah. He made
1: Hoyland look like he was playing against a schoolboy. It he was did, yeah. But Bullied him. Bullied him at times, and he was just made it, basically he's the c- typical type of player that Man United should have gone for, right? Someone that's no All nonsense, yeah. got a bit of class about him, but it's just class in his position. Mm-hmm. And Bayern Munich owned that now so unfortunately there's not is gonna be a chance
0: unreal i just saw his timing of the tackle is incredible yeah and his progression of the ball like look at the problems napoli are having now and not being able to build out from the back and not being able to get those moves started that was all him it was mm. all him it was just all through him and i just it was a pleasure watching him again I was like, oh god i forgot how yeah i just forgot how good he was and it's just great to watch him and i think He's a player like we mentioned it to Ben, right? Spurs yeah. were after him, and Daniel Levy said, yeah, No, I'm course. all right. United were after him, didn't want to pay the money. Yeah. Every club in Europe should have been in for him and it's an incredible piece of business that Bayern got it done. So I just wanted to give him a little nod because I thought he was fantastic mm, throughout the game um, and did, yeah, absolutely run it. And he kind of makes up for Upamecano's slight lapses in concentration <laughs> yes, at times. Exactly. So I think he's able to kind of yeah. sweep up every so often. So yeah, fantastic performance from him. But it does mean Manchester United are straight out of Europe. And my last thought on this, as I was watching mm. the game, I thought, I was watching it. I was like, it was when it was nil-nil and I was like, oh, if United win and go through, that'd be quite funny. It would be funny because whoever they drew in the next round, I think they'd get battered. (laughs) So I think that Bayern Munich have ultimately done them a favour and been like, no, no, no. Let's just for your own dignity, just leave now, yeah, exactly. and then without a fuss, <laughs> nobody will say anything. Just you know, someone's had a few too many drinks at a party. Yeah, exactly. you know, just go now before anyone notices, and then it'll be all yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I think they should actually be thanking Bayern Munich because whoever they would have got, I think they would have been embarrassed. Really, yeah. Um, Quite so we missed out on that unfortunately, but <laughs> by Munich do go through, and Copenhagen managed to get through an incredible, incredible story. Um, They had to get through the playoffs to get here. I think they were the the second lowest ranked team to to win the competition, if you know what I mean, in the Mm. bookies. Their budget is tiny, but they have managed to get through with a 1-0 win against Galatasaray. And the good thing for Copenhagen is their youth team in the UEFA Youth Champions League are amongst the favorites to win it. They have just gone through their group stages and they are looking very, very exciting. So for Copenhagen... With a team with lots of exciting youngsters and bringing through their own youngsters, it looks like there are more on the way. So fantastic for Copenhagen. But Mm. how uh, Laraga was busy, right? Scored and got sent off. But what did (laughs) you think of their performance? Not as many goals as we hoped. I really thought there'd be more goals in this
1: one. I kind of called this and said I felt Copenhagen would win this game. Mm. Um, Just purely because I don't think Galatasaray are necessarily that great away from home. I think if this was at Galatasaray's ground, I think that's a different kind of game, the atmosphere yeah. with the crowd. Um, but certainly, obviously, Galatasaray did take the game to them, but we just weren't as clinical in front of goal. They did have the fair share of shots, but I think... But was superbly marshaled by that um Copenhagen defense to be fair and mm-hmm. the lights of Dix as well and Vavro, I think is how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um they did fantastically well. And if you look at the general age of those players, you know, they're experienced pros, but obviously not at this kind of level. So I think they did really well. Um and there's been a few standout performances from that Copenhagen team in general. Obviously, we've seen it against Man United in the previous uh, group match as well. Um, they've got some talented players, Rory. Um And the fact that they've got El Hanusi, who, uh, yeah, it didn't seem like much of a wonder at Southampton. Obviously, he had his fair share at Celtic, um, but I think that kind of... Shows you the glamour of this kind of Champions League ties that they kind mm-hmm. of spring these kind of underdogs to progress. And, um, you know, just thankful that we've got something different in these group stages rather than the usual kind of top elite clubs in this mix. Um, So it's nice from that point of view. And Grabara gets another appearance as well at the group stages. I cannot what wait guy. for that guy. He was...
0: He was super emotional at the end, you know. He was, like,
1: really going absolutely mad. I think he
0: could see that he was absolutely loving it. And like you said, Galatasaray had 22 shots, yeah. seven on targets. So he was busy. Like, he yeah. was a busy guy. And he kept him in the game. And I think, obviously, he's very quickly become a pod favorite and we're a little bit upset <laughs> yeah, with him. Exactly, but yeah. I'm really, really – I was just happy to see him keep a clean sheet and keep them in the game. And I think, yeah, um, it's – it's not going to be an easy place to go to, right? I think people are already looking at like, cause I was obviously as the draws kind of as the pots settled Mm. and we could see who was seeded, who was unseeded, et cetera. I was like, okay, well the dream tie really is kind of Porto or Copenhagen, right? Touch wood. Mm. Um, But then I thought, well, look, I know Manchester United are a basket case, but, Copenhagen have been very good at home yeah, in this campaign, exactly, yeah. right? And they've scored lots of goals. Mm-hmm. And they've like they've not been terrible. They've not no, been no, no. sorry a royal Antwerp or whatever. If you know what I mean. They've yeah. what they do, they do very well. Exactly. Defensively they are pretty solid. I know that United <laughs> game they conceded a lot of goals, but I think in general they don't tend to concede a lot of goals. So I think yeah, it won't be an easy place to go. And yeah, what they do, they do very well. So I think it's going to be interesting. I'm really excited to see who they get because for their mm. fans, that is just, it's Amazing. incredible. Eh? Yeah. It is incredible.
1: Yeah, it's brilliant. And
0: unfortunately, Man United and Newcastle, will get onto them, might have cost the Premier <laughs> League their extra they coefficient. Will. Yes, yes. Yeah. like. <laughs> um, so everyone was going, okay, fifth place in the Premier League, they get, you know, Champions <laughs> yeah. League maybe not um and the rest of europe will be laughing at us for our arrogance once again, again. In just assuming <laughs> that that extra spot was going to england yes we are a little bit arrogant i apologize um good so that is group a done yep. done and dusted um and of course galatasaray going to the europa league um they do. europa league's looking pretty spicy i always like the when these teams drop in you're like oh, now it gets interesting yes now it gets yeah, really interesting exactly. um but any other games on Tuesday, Union on Berlin came so, so close, close again. Yeah,
1: exactly. <sighs> just, just So just, close. but oh, Yeah, go on. Un-
0: unluckily for them, they managed to get the one day where Hosolu had his scoring boots on. <laughs> yeah. um, he managed to <laughs> get, get two players. goals. Both of them meant a lot to him as well. You could see that he mm. was really, it felt like a bit of a weight of, off his shoulders. But the Alex Crow goal was a beautiful hit. Um mm. Premier League fans may remember him from a failed stint at West Ham where he just never got a game for some reason. Um, but quite an exciting young technical midfielder. It's good seeing him. he came on and scored almost immediately. And then Arsenal' loney legend, um, who's managed to find himself a little bit of a job at Real Madrid somehow. Um, Danny Sabayos gets the winner in the 89th minute. Yeah. Um, and once again, Unión. So close, but no cigar. But what I did really like about this game was that the Union Berlin fans saw it just as a chance to celebrate. So they wanted Mm. to, because obviously they're not having a great season in the Bundesliga. I think they're still at risk of relegation, right? They're really, really struggling. Um, But their fans just want to celebrate the fact that we've been to the Champions League. We are playing Real Real Madrid at home. And I think it just, once again, German football kind of shows you what the priorities are or what the priorities should be, right?
1: Yeah, I think they get the uh, right morale kind of decisions right, I think. Um, obviously, led by that kind of fan-led approach, um, certainly, and that's why they've got a distaste for the likes of your Leipzig's equivalents and your Hoffenheim's. Um, and, you know, they've got a bit more kind of, like, appreciation for the likes of Bayern Munich, who are still kind of got that mm-hmm. fan element to them as well. So, um yeah, I just think they've got it right, haven't they, to an extent. Obviously, it just means that in years to come, I, I feel they'll be left behind, potentially because of the mm. amount of investment that's going on in Europe as well. And to an extent, Rory, it obviously hasn't really touched Italy as much. But obviously, I think eventually it won't be long. It, it won't be long. But um, yeah, it's just you'd like that to be implemented across Europe. The way that they mm-hmm. do things seems to be the most sensible way of working. And plus, you know, it's, I think, as uh, Raphael Honigstein described it, it's the goaliest league because there's always goals in that league. It's yeah, never yeah, yeah. never boring, right? And uh, you always get unpredictable results, as you saw from last weekend as well. So, um, mm-hmm. And the Union Berlin one is a beautiful story in itself. Um, It is.
0: It really is. It's kind of sad to see where they're at at the moment, but I Mm. think their fans are seeing it as a, this has been a hell of a ride and we'll be back if if it does all go wrong. Elsewhere, just very quickly, RB Salzburg 1, Benfica 3. If you haven't seen it, the Arthur Cabral goal is absolutely (laughs) insane. Just an incredible backheel. A player who did sod all at Fiorentina. Exactly, I think they were chasing him out of the door. He's not really done much since he got to Benfica, but if any goal is going to give you confidence, it's going to be that goal. Um, Napoli 2, Braga 0 to do a bit of Italian. Braga. They scored an own goal in the first tie yes. and they scored an
1: own goal in the
0: second tie. Brilliant. I think they should be like Gemelli. There should be twin clubs now. Um, Braga <laughs> and Napoli because they've basically seen Napoli through the group. They, didn't they? <laughs> um, they helped them out. Awesome. men again, with a kind of back heel, definitely accidental. It almost though, right? feels he kind of like he didn't
1: mean it. it, right? Rory, yeah. to be fair. So um, just accidentally. It would have been more comical if he just laughed or fell over the ball at the same time and bundled it in with his arse <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> It wasn't to be. Um, and in
0: very quickly, Inter nil, Saucy nil. I was mm. begging, begging for Inter to score. So they weren't second. I was yeah. like, just don't be second. Because I've got a horrible feeling Arsenal are gonna draw Inter and it's gonna be we're gonna get knocked out in the last 16 because we don't beat Inter. But they didn't score. Um Sauciedad did hold still. The only moment I remember from this is an awful dive from
1: Takekubo, which is was yeah, embarrassing. Yeah. Pretty embarrassing, to be fair. On that uh, point that you made, though, do you think Inter played it right? Because obviously, it does give you a bit of a scenario where they could be facing bigger sides at this stage. And I know there's been a topic around whether they should have got the mm. big hitters playing in this match. What's your thoughts? I was surprised
0: that they didn't go a bit harder, mm. but I also think every team who is seeded is looking at Inter and going, don't give me Inter. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think Inter can beat any team that are in the Champions League at the minute. Like, if you put them up against Man City over two legs, it goes differently than a final, I think. Yeah, definitely. If you put them up against a Real Madrid, Barcelona, I think Inter go through. Like, so Mm. I think it's almost like Inzaghi's maybe just gone, look, we're, We'll just concentrate on squad fitness and getting through the next games because no matter who Mm. we draw, we can back ourselves and we'll be all right. So I don't think there's a major issue there, Mm. but I was begging for them to score one goal. Like, come on, Alexis, do us a favor, man. Sanchez, just one goal to get him top. Um, I don't want to see him back at the Emirates because he's definitely (laughs) scoring. Just a picture of his dog will be right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and elsewhere, just to very quickly wrap up, obviously Arsenal PSV was nothing, but Lons beating Sevilla. Yes, they Lons carry on are the into the last 16, uh, but the best moment of this game is, of course, provided by Sergio Ramos, there was two moments. Of course it was. Um When when he got booked for booting someone, <laughs> and I think he thought he was going to get sent off, but then the referee showed him a yellow card, and you could see the like, Oh, okay, cool, right, that's fine. As he <laughs> yeah, walked on, he was fully expecting a red. But... The moment that really made it up was missing the first penalty. Yes. And, and then penenkering <laughs> yeah. the second one because ba- Sa- Bamba? Bamba was Bamba, so yeah. far off his line. Mm. But it was like it kissed the top of the crossbar, the penenker. Yeah, it exactly. was just yeah. beautiful. Just archetypal Sergio Ramos chaos. <laughs> yeah. We're going to miss him when he retires. But Frankowski scored from Lons yes. from yep. the penalty spot. And Angelo Fulgini in the 96th minute Mm. to see Lons through the group stage. Another team that have come back after a very, very long break. And they're going to be... Oh, no, they're in the Europa League. They're in the Europa League. It's not too bad.
1: So they get another game, at least.
0: They get another game, exactly. But really, I think they were the team that impressed me most in the the group beyond, um, obviously, Arsenal, really. They were the team where I was like, Obviously, because they beat us, but there's a lot of players, a lot of players in that squad where I'm like, I would quite like Wahi. If you ignore his Wikipedia page, I would (laughs) quite like him at Arsenal. Um, So, yeah, a lot of quality players there, but a good win for them. Sevilla, not in the Europa League, which means someone else can win it. It's nice to let someone have a go, isn't it? Someone else have a go. Um, Let's move to Wednesday night. Um, Wednesday night. Adam, let's talk about. Let's talk about Milan. It has to be Milan, it. right? Let's do it. It has to be Milan. Now, I don't often get a prediction right. I said I feel like Pioli will pull it out of the bag because that's what he does. And guess what he did? He, he pulled it out of the, of the bag. <laughs> Somehow. Yes. Um, this exactly. game was utter utter insanity. I feel like it was a full-on like basketball match. It was mm-hmm. two teams just end-to-end going for it. Um, Eddie Howe throwing everything at it at the end. Mm-hmm. Joe Linton with an absolute worldie. I think that might be the best goal he's ever scored, ever going to score. The first touch to set himself up. Just what a hit. But then Pulisic and Chukwese leave it late to get Milan over the line. But let's talk about Milan. Um, do you think purely actually managed this game quite well? I think he saw that Newcastle are going to be knackered at a certain point, And then we just go. I don't
1: know if it was by chance, though, Rory, to be fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to Am say that to too much Credit. I don't yeah. want to give him too much credit. Um, but I, I, I kind of called it on Monday's live stream. I said I felt Newcastle would get into a stage of fatigue, mm. um, obviously driven by the injury crisis that they've got at the moment. And obviously they've not been able to rotate the players as they possibly would want to, right? Um, and, you know, they they kind of dominated that first half. I felt Milan really struggled to grapple with it, they didn't know how to cope with the wingers in particular, and obviously when you had the drag backs for Joel Linton's goal, I mean you just felt that Newcastle were just going to go on and score more goals Um, so Mm. fair play to the defence of um, obviously Milan when you consider that's a makeshift of Tomori and Teo Hernandez at the centre-back position, which we said Teo should be at left-back he should be the one that's kind of driving the attacks for Milan, but you know he stuck to his principles there I felt he didn't really help himself with the midfield as well. I I didn't feel like they gave a lot of protection, Um, but that said, you know, they were swamped. And I'm not too sure Ruben Loftus-Cheek is great in the position that he kind of deployed him as well for this Mm -hmm. particular match. But that said, look, second half, you could tell they just left the spaces in particular. They just overran them in midfield. And eventually, yeah, they... Took advantage, right? They got themselves back into the game. At that point, it was still quite tight, I would say, because, you know, I think what was it, the 60th minute mark that they scored? Yeah, like, 59th through, minute. 59th, 59th yeah, yeah. through Pulisic at the time. And even that goal didn't look like it was necessarily going to be given. Um, it, it was, was also so weird, wasn't it? A
0: beautiful move that was entirely accidental. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: It Especially that Giroud pass through. I mean, I don't think he would normally do that, but. He was quite clever the way he just saw Pulisic was in a better mm-hmm. position than himself, right? It, that was just the experience side of it. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's what Newcastle were lacking at this stage is just experienced heads around them. Chuck Wazeys goal. I mean, marvellous. I mean, what a finish! but if we have to give Milan credit. It could have been four. Like, look, Tamori mm. hits a post. And before that, we had Teo, who has the goal at his mercy. And all I've seen so far is loads of videos going, How the fuck does this guy not know how to plant a ball into an empty net? <laughs> it's just He's hit him from 60 yards into the top <laughs> exactly. corner. I know you've been running a lot, tail, but it just
0: rolled along but the ground as a man. On I was the right hand
1: side as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> um and even before that, Rory, we had Rafael Liao hitting mm. the post as well. He could have made it 3-1 at that point as well. So <laughs> Milan had the fair share of the chances, but obviously, regardless of the result, they were waiting for one other result, weren't they, Rory? They were waiting for it, and it wasn't It wasn't to come. I want to
0: quickly talk about Mainyan made an incredible yes, save as well did, to yeah. put it onto the crossbar. Unbelievable save. I feel like he's really incredible. playing himself into form a little bit. But yeah, in the other game... Um, Dortmund won, PSG won. Another game that was just balls to the wall. PSG, I don't know how they didn't score more goals. Julian Laurent on European Goal yeah. Show was hilarious. James <laughs> Horncastle laughing at him was Just hilarious. ripping it
1: out of him. <laughs>
0: but just openly laughing in his face. But just this, the cries of despair from Julian Laurent <laughs> as another ball went over the crossbar. Just, ah! ah. Like, it was... That is PSG's problem, apparently, is just being able to put the ball in the back of the net. I thought, for all the, the chances they created, now I know that they've got the young player, Bar- Barcola, um, who's very young, a bit inexperienced. He did not have a good night. It wasn't a good game mm. because it, it wasn't a good performance from him. But the player, and I think I've talked about him before, where I've been like, I was confused as to how his price tag went up so quickly. Well, is I yeah, don't. No. I still don't get it. Every time I've seen him in Europe or in the World Cup or whatever, I've just been like, "I saw this was a hundred million, this guy.
1: That's the worrying thing, right? Frankfurt took them to the cleaners. Frankfurt took them to cleaners.
0: He got released and then Frankfurt got him for nothing, right? And then within a year flipped it, which is fucking incredible work. I hope that director of football got a big bonus. But every time I've seen him play, he just looks a bit like, in his style, Yaya yep. Sanogo. <laughs> where didn't nothing really be sticks to him. Again. If it scores, mm. if he scores, it kind of looks a bit accidental. His hold-up play was atrocious in this as well. I just feel like he lost every ball. Mm. I thought it was just a really bad performance from him, but I don't want to jump on him too much. No, no. But I think it kind of goes to the wider issue with PSG's recruitment, I suppose. They've been recruiting better, but there's still that odd player where you're like, why are you here and when mm. you've got a player like Mbappe who did miss a lot of chances right yep. who did like it, they had to rely on the 17 year old to get the mm. goal if you know what I mean it just it was screaming out that they just don't have that cutting edge yet or that consistency no. and I think teams looking at them and as an Arsenal fan looking at PSG Beyond Mbappe, I'm not particularly scared.
1: Yeah, I'm yeah. like,
0: okay, they've got Mbappe, so they could probably beat us. But beyond that, I think we could probably outdo their eleven.
1: If you know what I mean? Do you feel like it's still a
0: lack a quality there? It's crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is generally a team in transition, right, Rory? I feel like mm-hmm. um, on to that point about Kwalamwani, and this is my kind of theory on this. I think that's an Mbappe signing. Personally, I, I just feel God, like he wanted him. There. Mbappe potentially has a relationship from the French. Uh, national team point of view obviously mm-hmm. he's favored by didier Deschamps at the world cup i was much like yourself i didn't really see necessarily what he got in him personally i'm much more of a marcus turam guy and obviously he's yeah, 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 worth yeah. right now um but yeah it, you know he had a good season at frankfurt but that was his kind of level if i would be brutally honest not yeah, yeah. 100 million's worth of hype like, value and uh yeah, I mean, look, louis Enrique's come into it. I think if they'd gone out of this stage, there'd have been a few questions asked and Julian Laurent's kind of admitted this could have been one of the worst kind of European nights for PSG. Um, mm. But it wouldn't have been frowned upon, which is a bit weird, I think, given the yeah. circumstances. But I, it feels like this is going to be a team that is going to transition in time so whilst we talk about these kind of transfers right now I think more will be added over time if Luis Enrique is going to embed and stay there as part of the Mm. projects I think he will generally get his players that he wants on board it'll be interesting who they target next but to your point I'd yeah I wouldn't be scared about PSG in the next round if I was faced with them obviously maybe you kind of concede maybe the home leg at PSG might be a bit of a difficult tie but the way leg easily you could take advantage because I felt Mm -hmm. look, Nicholas Fulcrick almost had opportunities to uh, put chances away, so I think there's exploitation of that defence and I think Hakimi's not the same Hakimi that we know from Inter, I mean a few times where I think Julio Lloran is shouting at him saying why isn't he releasing the ball earlier Mm -hmm. and I think that kind of tells you all you need to know about this PSG team is that they haven't got the fluidity just yet but you know, I mean I'm ready to be proved wrong, I'm sure this yeah. is where they go on to the final or something Quite stupid possible. like that now.
0: And that's the thing with them, they they easily could as well yeah. and you wouldn't be surprised, it's exactly. just like right. nothing surprises you with this team I also just have to say, obviously that Zaire Emery is oh. just fucking incredible, I cannot believe he's 17 and just absolutely running games consistently just what a, what a player mm. and PSG, please discover that you have one of the best youth systems in the world and one of the richest <laughs> Pools of talent Why do you in need world to splash football. Out money. That is the point. Yeah, right? you don't even need to. I know. Again, another thing that Julian there on always goes <laughs> on about is like, on the all bat. these players from Paris. Paris if they could just play for PSG, you'd have one of the best teams in the world. Anyway, um, for Dortmund, we have to give them credit as well. Going through top yeah. of the group is insane. That's that um, most people thought they were going to finish third bottom. Yeah. I think right. Or bottom. Um, yeah, and again. I thought there was a really good performance from Nicolas Sula. I thought he was really, really good. There's a few moments where he really stood out.
1: Yeah. he's um, Look, on his day, he can be a very good defender. and that, Look, he mm-hmm. was at Bayern Munich for a reason. Look, he wasn't just because he was a German national. It was because yeah, they yeah. definitely saw potential in him. And I think the thing that you need to work on is being consistent in his game. Mm-hmm. But when you've got someone like Mats Hummels right next to you, you're learning off the best, I feel. And we saw that performance at Milan where he kind of, was Cannavaro-esque with his tackles. I felt like I've never seen Hummels pull off that performance in a while. Mm -hmm. So when you've got someone beside you that is doing that, I mean, that's going to breed confidence in you, but you're going to start kind of appreciating his reading of the game and you start mimicking it. So I think, look, the Dortmund are going to be difficult opponents for whoever they face. I'd kind of question maybe the firepower but I think mm-hmm. they are dangerous on the break as well. So Eddie Amy, in particular, I think, is one to watch out for. We know about him from last season anyway, but I think going forward, he looks like a player that will grow in confidence as the group stages mm-hmm. move on and he progresses. So it depends on the tie, right, Rory? But um, yeah, Bruce Dortmund, do not underestimate them is what I would say.
0: Definitely, they are looking a lot. I think Edin Tursic is starting to get a little bit of a thing out of him. Eh? He was, yeah. um, he was getting quite close to losing his job. But it's good to see that he's kind of turning it around a little bit. That was the roughest end to a season ever last year as well. Oh, I that do was feel horrible. Quite sorry for him. Um, but moving on for the Wednesday night, um, let's go to Belgium, mm. Antwerp three. Barcelona 2 is very nearly 3 3. The goal was ruled out. Um, and their first ever win in the Champions League. It's incredible, right? Brilliant. Um, and Vincent Janssen on the goals, <laughs> the most incredible thing. <laughs> Vincent <laughs> Janssen on the score sheet. Um, it's nice. I thought this was just, without sounding patronizing, a really nice moment for the Royal Antwerp fans, right? Yes. Beautiful. You want that one thing, like Celtic, mm. right? You want that one thing where you're like, bang, we got a win. Yeah. Right? Exactly. We've. Made a mark, and for that win to be against Barcelona, albeit they were down to 10 men, right? They got some sent off. Uh,
1: not in this game, not that I'm aware of. No, I think it was oh, it was, okay. o- uh, oh, it was, was, was it turned over. VAR. Yeah, yeah, and it, it turned. was turned over
0: by VAR. Okay, so it yeah. wasn't against 10 men. Um, incredible win, right? Absolutely insane.
1: Yeah, brilliant win. And to be honest, Rory, I think you're giving a bit of Disrespect to Antwerp because I feel Barcelona just did not turn up for this match. They yeah, did yeah, yeah. not care. Um, it's interesting in the build up to the game that supposedly Xavi and Laporte had some words about certain players not being included initially for this match. So the likes of Lewandowski wasn't going to be played wow. because you wouldn't need to rest him, for example. Um, but he was forced to play certain players. And it was evident that, like, clearly, you know, the whole rapport of that team was not there. Uh, it was interesting. I don't know if you noticed this, but it's been noted um that Lewandowski is very cold with certain members of the Barcelona team. Um surprise you said advice, this about shock. the
0: Polish national team as well, though. Right? Exactly.
1: And um yeah, I saw with the goal celebrations in particular on the goal show, I saw that there wasn't necessarily a kind of love for Lewandowski when he came over. It was very much a group of them and then Lewandowski kind of ran over and that was it. So I don't know what that kind of spells out for the harmony going forward. Um, but I would say if anyone gets paired up with Barcelona, I think they're the first team that go out of this like next stage. I think they don't look like the Barcelonas that we would anticipate. And I think the other thing is Xavi is on very tight kind of chance at the moment. I mean, mm-hmm. look, if it wasn't for the fact that he's a club legend, I think any other manager gets kicked out of the door and he's got a lower win percentage this season compared to most Barcelona managers. That includes Ronald Koeman who he replaced. Um, So his win percentage isn't great this season and I think that team is just in turmoil. Again, a bit like a Man United scenario but driven by the financial issues from previous regimes. So um, yeah, not great but Barcelona, they don't deserve to be any further I think at this stage and Royal Antwerp, fantastic win. So well done. Exactly, incredible to see, incredible Mm. to see. Yeah, I think the tide is
0: turning against Xavi with the Barcelona fans as well. I think they're starting to be like, okay, you're not... Who'd have thought that just managing in the Qatari Stars League or whatever wasn't enough to take over at one of the biggest clubs in the world? Who'd have known? (laughs) Um, Anyway... Um, let's move on to the same the game in the same group, which was much much better. I oh, think
1: yeah, much more fun.
0: Adam Porto five, Shakhtar Donetsk three. You said there was going to be goals. You said it was going to be a banger. It was. You yeah. delivered. Take us through this game. I felt really bad that Shaktar just couldn't quite catch up to them.
1: Yeah, I was gutted from that point of view, because as soon as the first goal c- goes in for Porto, you're kind of thinking, right, this could be a massacre from Porto. Mm. But fair play to Shakhtar. They kind of gave a bit of fight, and it wasn't necessarily through a determination. They kind of outwitted Porto at yeah. certain stages of this match. So they kind of cleverly manoeuvred certain moves in this game, and that helped them to kind of, create those opportunities which they scored um, but Porto, I mean just incredible in this match I mean, they're a team that I would say yeah, be careful um, because they've got some good players, Galano in particular was someone that yeah, his second one in particular uh, although it got deflected off the uh, Shaka Donetsk defender I mm. forgot his name deflection, eh? yeah. um, but I think it's Stapanenko um, but yeah from that point onwards, like it was just a bit of a massacre, and I felt sorry for Shatka because they'd done so well to resiliently stay at this point where they could have qualified for the next stage. Um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of said it on the group chat. I, I wish actually this game could continue, like, just forget about full time, just play on till extra time. I'm sure it was another half hour or something, right? exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. It would have been fun.
0: It was, it was fantastic. I think I love the fact that, um, Sergio Conceição's uh, son came on and scored mm. with his first touch um, when he came on late in the game in the 82nd minute. Um, Pepe getting a goal is always <laughs> lovely to see. Boy's He's there. still hanging Boy's around. Um, still hanging around. And Eguinaldo, who came on for Shakhtar Donetsk, another young, exciting player with a really nice mm. finish. Just really calm, took his time, yep. stuck it right in the mm-hmm. bottom corner. Uh, it was a beautiful finish. So I think, yeah, unlucky for Shakhtar Donetsk, but I think Porto just absolutely ruthless up front. I yeah. do also want to say some of their defending was atrocious. <laughs> it's got Pepe it. It. What <laughs> can you say? <laughs> some of their defending was really bad. Um, I think one of the Shakhtar Donetsk goals, they wanted a foul and it was net. The guy kicked the ball into his own face <laughs> and then was like, foul, foul. I was like, I just play the game. Honestly, just play the game. So I think some of the defending was terrible, but uh, yeah, fantastic, fantastic game. Um, just to round up quickly, Atletico Madrid, Lazio nil. Atletico oh. only score beautiful goals. Um they had they scored another incredible goal <laughs> that was ruled again. out because the defender got in the way of um Providal which yeah. was rightly ruled out, but it was yeah. a hell of a hit. Um but the Lino goal in particular I thought was an absolutely incredible goal. Um Atletico Madrid are playing some very, very good football. Mm-hmm. Um again, we've talked about Simeone that he's not he's not married to this absolute shit house eleven man behind the ball <laughs> thing. When yeah. they want to, and when he wants to, and when he has the quality, his teams play some beautiful football, and they I think can, they're really yeah. starting to play some exhibition stuff here. Like, mm-hmm. I've just been, been really impressed by them. Like, I, and I've said it before, I think they're dark horses, yeah, yeah. Like, this is another impressive performance, albeit against a Lazio that are struggling, right?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think, yeah, I, I, I kind of called. Atletico the dark horses to kind of Mm -hmm. progress uh, into the latter stages. I feel like they've got a a very agile squad because if you remember in certain group matches, he actually deployed Witzel as a centre back as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But they've got certain players that were rested like Marcus Llorente as well, for example. He's been very good for them this season as well. Um, But I I forgot about the likes of Memphis Depay uh, when he came on and obviously took a free kick. I had to double take when I saw him, honestly. Yeah, he looks like he just transformed his kind of hair (laughs) regime again. Um, But Yeah, completely different guy to what we recognise him as. Um, But yeah, I mean, they've got some exciting players, Rory. Um, Alvaro Morata should have probably scored one he really blasted an effort which is unlike him he's been very much a player that's been on form this season Um, but that said look they comfortably dominated this group stages and uh, yeah I wouldn't want to face them in the next round a bit like your Inter right I think anyone that gets paired up with them they're in for a tight game
0: yeah, thank God they finished top.
1: Um, I am absolutely
0: <laughs> delighted with that um, because we've talked about it before. I do not want to go up against Simeone, not even yep. slightly. Um, and elsewhere, very quickly on Wednesday night, Celtic got their first win in the 91st Dude. minute. Laga Bielka, the player, one of the players who got sent off away in Firenord, mm. um, when Celtic went down to nine men. Um, it was nice for him to get the winning goal at the end to have that moment of kind of like, you know, making up for that maybe. Celtic get their win. Um, I think all round a pretty good performance by by Celtic Nord obviously didn't really have a lot to play for so I think there was maybe a bit of an off day but Celtic Mm -hmm. very, very good there Quick question on that one
1: Liam Scales, is he part of the Irish squad?
0: I think he is in contention
1: Yeah, because he looks really good on this particular match so um, yeah just one to uh keep an eye out on eye because eye on. i think yeah celtic um, just keep giving i, th- us I thought he was God. he like a son of john scales or something like that but he's i don't think he is um, no
0: no no no. i've heard him i've definitely heard him talked about with like irish football fans mm. um and i think if it wasn't for celtic the irish, <laughs> the irish well, national yeah, team would be in trouble, that, to yeah. be honest um so yeah no uh, yeah that's a very good shout um and Elsewhere, very quickly, Man City with two youngsters. Um, yeah. One of the best names in football, Oscar Bob. I just have to say <laughs> that's a fantastic name. <laughs> yeah. Oscar Bob getting a goal. And Mika Hamilton, who in yes. the post-match had the most Manchester accent. And it just always warms <laughs> my heart a little bit when they sound proper Manchester. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's a proper local lad. Um, a beautiful finish as well. Mm-hmm. And Calvin Phillips with I a know. penalty. um, to, to win the game towards the end, his reaction was, I know it's not an important game, but his reaction was like super muted. And it was mm. like, I think he just like saw his family almost like and kind of like mm. It looked like a bit of a this is farewell, my last right? Appearance. It looked a bit of like, right, I've got me goal.
1: Yeah. I'll be
0: going, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, exactly. You'll be remembered for this moment alone. And that's it, basically. Uh,
0: poor bugger. I hope he doesn't end up at United. He can't. He can't screw over Leeds fans like that, can he? He can't. He no, can't
1: do I don't that. think so. I, don't, I think he'll go to a different club, personally. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Spurs, personally. I think he'll Yeah, there. Spurs,
0: Newcastle, Juve, they're the ones that are being linked. I would love to see him at Juve, to be fair. Get him in Serie i would absolutely love it out here. Um, <laughs> but that is the Champions League, guys. Mm. And that was the end of... And <laughs> just like that, it was the end of the group stage. And now we need to get to the depressing bit. So next year, um, it's going to be the definitely not a super league stop saying it's a super league system um where adam do you want to try to explain this in the least complicated (laughs) terms possible
1: i'm still gonna struggle with this rory but i will try my best on this so from next season there'll be 36 clubs taking part in this one overall big league table Um, essentially there'll be various different pots um, which will be also seeded as well so whoever's in pot 1 for example will be kind of seen as the highest of the elite uh, I suspect Um, but what that actually means in the grand scale, scale of things it means increased amount of games so whereas we've seen around 125 games at this stage it'll move to 225 games each team will have to play around 10 games each. Um, so the way it works roughly, Rory, is pot one will get to face uh two clubs from pot two, and then it'll be a combination of pot three, four, and etc. Um, so it'll work in that basis. There's about nine to ten different pots, um, all based on different criteria as well. So there'll be coefficients, for example. There'll be um, best ranking team as well, for example. Um, It's all very complicated. It's making my head hurt because it's not definitely the Krupnik. I'll just stress that out. Um, (laughs) but It is generally a bit confusing and I'm not looking forward to this format because as we've just kind of described, there's more games. And I appreciate this isn't the Super League. But where does that kind of leave the other leagues in terms of resting players, looking after players, health, well-being, etc.? I think the Premier League is going to have to address how they do things going forward along with the FA. Um, because if you think about our schedule at home, for example, where we've got the League Cup, FA Cup, for example, Charity Shield, if you are one of those top two placed teams, for example, I mean... And then you forget about these clubs going on pre-season tours as well before this all kicks off. Club World uh, Cup. And then don't forget the national sides as well, because they'll be coming yep. from the Euros in the summer and going straight into this for some of these players. Um, so there's no rest for the wicked. Um, and don't forget if some of those players have to uh, manoeuvre moves, for example, transfer moves as well um yeah i'm i'm not a fan of this i'm not a fan of this i don't see what they're trying to achieve and we spoke offline it'll be interesting to see what they do of the extra money that they gain from this will they donate that to grassroots which i suspect it won't happen it will go to line the pockets of uefa here um or the clubs is what is being rumored to be the case because it will be extra money for them as well um but I don't see a winner in all of this um, because I can see there being flaws across it. And I wouldn't be surprised if this gets scrapped within a couple of seasons, but Rory, let's take your thoughts on this.
0: Well, they said it's kind of guaranteed for at least four or five years, right? They said it's going to be
1: signed. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like it's guaranteed for a while, unfortunately. Now I think in the interest of balance, um, the European cup used to be just champions and it used to be straight knockout. And some people still say, Oh, it should be that. But then they did this and we came to love that. And we came to love the group stage and it had iconic Mm -hmm. moments and it was beautiful. And, we came to love it because we love football. Ultimately, so yeah. maybe in ten years' time, we look back and go, "Oh, you know what? I love this." Do you remember when I finished twenty eighth at thirty six? What a year! I don't know. Maybe that, like, maybe that will happen. Who fucking knows? But um, what I feel about now, I've played this on yeah. Football Manager. Sure. And I just didn't even try to comprehend it. I just went, <laughs> okay, finish as high as you can and play whoever the computer says you play. I play, honestly yeah. just didn't look at it. And I was like, I'm not even going to try. And I just, okay, I'm playing friggin', I don't know, Mostar. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah. next is Barcelona. Sick. Right. right. I don't know. Like, I just didn't even try to comprehend it. So I think... Eventually, we'll get our heads around it and it'll, we'll be talking mm-hmm. about the nuances of it and why finishing yeah. 17th is better than finishing 18th or whatever. But I just think, ultimately, the main problem with this is that it's, it's an antidote or an attempted antidote to the Super League. UEFA want to get that money that the Super League was after. Mm. Um, and again, it comes down to player welfare, like you said, just the amount of frigging games players have got to play. And I think they're all, like, they will get to a point where they oversaturate the market, of like they will. if you yeah, think yeah. about, it's going to sound a bit weird, but like gritty police dramas, yeah. right? Everyone loves a gritty police drama, and you get really good ones like The Killing, right? Or yeah, ITV yeah, yeah, will fine. make some like yeah, yeah. the odd really good one, right? But then Channel Five will pump out some shite <laughs> gritty TV drama, political uh, police drama, and you're like, oh bloody hell, bastard! Like enough of these police dramas, right? And they just oversaturate the market to a point where it doesn't become interesting anymore. Yeah. And people don't watch any of it because there's that much shite about yeah, exactly. why would you take a risk on a series? Because I don't know if it's going to be good or not. Generally, At yeah. some point, the quality of football, if you continue to pile on games like this, is going to get to a point where people like casual observers, not psychos like <laughs> us who are obsessed with the game, but casual yeah, exactly. observers aren't going to switch over and watch it because they're like, well, what's this competition again? How does this one work? Exactly, yeah. Why are the players barely running? Why has he got another hamstring injury? Yeah. Why has Reese James not played in 10 years? Like, it's just...
1: It's going to be a mess.
0: It's just oversaturating the market. And I think eventually they, like... And again, this is something that's been said for years, the bubble will burst with football. But if there's anyone I can trust to burst the bubble, it's Infantino. Oh, <laughs> like, massively, yeah. I fully think he's capable of doing it. And I think this is a step in that direction and look, I'll still watch all the Arsenal games and still get overly upset about losing to the 35th place team, but just it's just not good, is it? It's just no, not, good. It's not and we're stuck with it now. No.
1: And we're there's just a, stuck with it. There's other thoughts I've just thought off on the spot so how big are teams going to be in the future, for example, because the amount of games as we kind of mm. described will there be like 36 man squads? I mean, how will that balance in terms of quality be there as well? Mm-hmm. Um, for example, so the fans, how do they kind of feel like, you know, they're having to take on extra journeys as part of it as well as part well, of this,
0: this experience? Is, who can afford to do all these games? <laughs> like, and on just very quickly, on the size of the squad thing, for a while... I've mm. thought that eventually in football we'll end up with like NFL style squads. Yeah. NFL size squads where you have like an attack and a defense and then an attack and a defense and you have reserve players that are literally just there to stay fit in case somebody exactly, gets yeah. injured. You're just paying them on mm. the payroll to be there. I think we're kind of we will we're get there. there. And we're kind of getting there now. Cause if you think about all the rhetoric around winning the Premier League, right? What yeah. do people say? you need two first 11s. Yeah. So already you need two teams yeah. that are able to go out on the pitch and, and beat Anyone else. I don't know what just happened. There. <laughs> um, it's my birthday. apparently. <laughs> For listeners, a load of balloons just went on because I did a peace sign. I was counting two, but anyway, um, so you already need two squads. I'm trying to remain on track here. Um, you already need two squads, so I think we're not that far away from like full-on nfl size squads. But anyway, we're getting into a rabbit hole here. Basically, UEFA, Shag, European football. Congratulations. We used to like the Champions League. Not now it's going to be confusing for everybody involved. <laughs> um, but before we go for a very quick break, I just wanted to go through the Europa League um, tables and mm. just tell you who has qualified. West Ham have gone through. Top. Nice. Brighton have gone through top nice Rangers have gone through top that's incredible mm. Atalanta have gone through top goodbyes yeah. Liverpool have gone through top and any other Aroma finished second in the group ultimately but they are through They're they through. will have to go through the playoffs and that's it in the conference league very mm. quickly we have uh, looking for the English I think through the English aren't and Italian they? teams in this one villa through. Um, Aston Villa have been through they went yeah. through top Yes, and um, Fiorentina top. Yes, they drew in Fenich Valos in uh, Budapest, got the job done, and well, Aberdeen were already out, but they did beat Frankfurt. But they beat
1: Frankfurt, yeah. Who had Maradona playing for them? So um, fair play to Aberdeen. I think they've been unlucky they as well. Still playing, unlucky. So uh, it says it's full time for me, Rory. So uh, done, yeah. done. Well done.
0: There we go. That is the end of all the group stages. The Conference League had the group stages for two years. That's it. And then they're completely rehauling the whole thing. Incredible. Anyway, um, we're going to go for a very quick break and we're going to come back with some Serie A and Premier League preview action. See you there, guys.
1: Hi, I'm David Wheeler and you're listening to the Anglo-Italian Podcast.
0: And here we are, time to go back to domestic football. Premier League Mm -hmm. and Serie A preview time, and I'm going to go for the Premier League. Are you ready, Adam? Let's do it. Let's do it. Starting on Friday evening, Nottingham Mm -hmm. Forest will be hosting Tottenham. Steve Cooper barely clinging on to his job. Um, Spurs fresh from that buoyant defeat of Everton. Um, Not Everton. Who was it? Newcastle, that's who they beat. Um, buoyant of their of the win from Newcastle. Um, and Richarlison in free-scoring form. Will Tottenham be able to continue their winning streak? We have Bournemouth hosting Luton in the first of the three o'clock kickoffs. Bournemouth in fantastic form again. Yep. Looking, They'll be looking to really secure their place in the Premier League there. Now, the first interesting game of the weekend. <laughs> I think Chelsea will be hosting Sheffield United. I think Chris Wilder, back in. First win under the belt. Chelsea, absolute shit show. Yeah. I can honestly see Sheffield United getting a result here. A Nottingham Forest earlier in the season. I can honestly think yes, that might be definitely. the coupon buster of the weekend man city will be hosting crystal palace on three o'clock oh, wow. and because crystal palace beat them once about 10 years ago at the etihad <laughs> i think they're gonna win again because they are officially a bogey team uh, Andros townsend scoring that banger to remember that oh, yes goal. Goal. um and the final of the three o'clock kickoffs: Newcastle taking on Fulham. An interesting game here. Mm. Um, Fulham, obviously, in free-scoring form, two five nils in a row, or five goals in two yeah. games in a row, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely killing it. Newcastle knackered. Um, I think Fulham could get a result here. I I'm going to say will. a draw. Mm. Um, and the late kick on Saturday, it's the sort Sean Dyche derby as <laughs> Burnley host Everton. Um, yep. That's going to be an Everton win. And on Sunday, we have all the Ws as West Ham and Wolves both go hunting for a W. West Ham in terrible form. Wolves. eh, I think West Ham could get something there though. Mm. Um, At the same time, we have Brentford hosting Aston Villa and Arsenal against their proper bogey team at home. The last three games at the, at the Emirates, Brighton have won. Um, So Arsenal need to get this one under the belt. Um, Thankfully, usually we play them at the tail end of the season when there's loads on the line, and it's mm. just like, oh, crap, we're shitting ourselves. This time, there's a bit on the line, but it's not like May. So no, maybe true. we could get a job done. And Brighton have struggled after European ties. Uh, I think they've only won one game after um, they've played midweek. So mm-hmm. time for them to win their second, I suppose. And the last game on Sunday, how many goals do we reckon, Adam? <laughs> Liverpool <laughs> taking on Man United. Bruno Fernandez suspended unfortunately gutted for him. He won't be able to play the game. Um, He'll be crying uh, because he's always
1: crying. But how many goals do you reckon Liverpool will get (laughs) in this game? If they don't go north of maybe two or three, then I'll be very surprised. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, obviously, there will be a a sense of pride in this match, right, for Man United, uh, or you'd at least hope so. (laughs) Who knows? Um, But, yeah, I can see this being uh, a really big win for Liverpool, to be fair. The way that they're playing at the moment, um, yeah, it's all in their hands, I feel, for this particular match. And it'll be interesting what the reaction will be to Ten Hag thereafter. Um, I know we've kind of speculated that there probably won't be a change, but At some point, there's going to be some kind of hands forced in terms Mm -hmm. of the owners and what they do with Eric Ten Hag and just getting this whole process of the ownership piece. So, um, yeah, I think this will be a handsome 3-0 win at least for Liverpool. And um, with
0: us saying that, guys, now you can absolutely pile on Manchester United because you know <laughs> yeah. we will never, we make ever, ever predictions. <laughs> yeah. So Adam, that is the Premier League weekend.
1: It's a big one. Yeah. Take us through the saturday Hour weekend. Let's go. Yeah, not too many big uh, kind of games or matchups. Um, but we'll start off with tomorrow or today as you're listening to the pod. Um as we see Juventus having another Friday night fixture, mm. Rory. Um, It's Genoa taking on Juventus, Genoa at home. Obviously, they've been kind of hit and miss of late, Genoa. But uh, Juventus, I don't know, they seem to be fixing these Friday fixtures in their favour at the moment. So I might be reading too much into it, Rory. But um, yeah, maybe that's for another pod one day. Anyway, we're moving to Saturday's fixtures. So starting at 2pm, we've got Lecce taking Froznone. And then later on at 5 o'clock, we've got Napoli taking on Calgary. And at 7:45, it's that classic Torino versus Empoli. Uh, move into <laughs> sa- Sunday's fixtures. Even at half 11, we have got a bit of a rivalry. I suppose it's slightly starting it's to derby, brew, isn't it? Um, kind of. It's AC Milan versus Monza. So uh, Galliani gets to sit where he used to sit in the San Siro. And, um, yeah, see his beloved Monza side take on AC Milan. So uh, we'll see what happens in that particular match because, yeah, Monza have been doing quite well of late. Uh, move on to 2 o'clock kickoffs. So we've got Fiorentina taking on Hellas Verona. Udinese taking Sassuolo. And then for the late kickoffs, we've got at 5pm, a bit of a good match here, Rory. Bologna taking on Roma. And then at 7.45, this is the big game of the weekend. Lazio taking on Inter. Uh, I am going to be doing a little bit of a preview on Lazio and why they're struggling this season, so make sure you look out for that on our YouTube channel. Um, But just to say, Lazio have been formidable at home, so this won't be a guaranteed kind of result for Inter, but the way that form is for Inter and the fact that they've rested some players, Rory. It mm. could be a hell of a banger. And then moving on to Monday's fixture. So we've got 745 Atalanta taking on Salinatana. So Salernitana look rooted to the bottom of Serie A at the moment. And I'll be very surprised if they stay up this season, Marie. But that's your fixtures in Serie A. Beautiful. I just have to say a little
0: extra FM talk. With my Barry team, <laughs> I went on a 10 game losing streak, but I ended it against (laughs) thought This is (laughs) absolutely classic. You can just absolutely bank on them, can't you? They've been so good to have in the league, but I don't think they'll be here next year. Um, Well, guys, that is the Premier League in Serie A weekend. Incredible stuff. I'm actually excited for it. Um, And we're going to take another very quick break, and we're going to come back with the penultimate
1: mastermind
0: of the show. Let's go. And here we are. You tense listeners? I'm tense because it's my turn to answer the question. So I'm going to pass the figurative mic over to Adam and let him do the hosting duties.
1: Yes, thank you, Rory. So for this penultimate mastermind of the year, uh, we are going to be giving you two options. Rory, your favourite, which is football nicknames in the UK, or alternatively, because we have said goodbye to the group stages of the Champions League. A general roundup of the history of group stages of the Champions League. So this is basically the history of and not necessarily recent history of the Champions League. So entirely your choice. But um, yeah, I I found this quite fun to compile. Let's put it that way. Nice. I'm going to push myself. I'm going to say uh, history of the group stages. I'm going to get zero. Let's do it. (laughs) Right. Let's set that timer then. And Rory, we will start this in three Two, one. When does the Champions League start? You've got June, July or August as options. June. Incorrect. Who has the record for the most defeats in Champions League games? You've got three choices. Porto, Dynamo Kiev or Stal Bucharest? Dynamo Kiev. Incorrect. How many times has a Champions League game ended 4-4? You've got three options. 12, 6 or 3?
0: Always go down the middle. 12.
1: No, 6. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. Number four. Ugh. Which player has made the most Champions League group appearances? You've got three options. Raul, Cristiano Ronaldo or Ica Casillas? Casillas. Incorrect. Fuck. Which team holds the record for the most 0 zeros or nil 0s AC Milan, Roma, or Real Madrid? And that is time. AC Milan. You... Correct. You've got oh, it. Oh, with... last minute. Well Winner done. at the back post. Well done. Um, so we'll go through those questions and the answers. So first question, when does the Champions League start? It is in July, Rory, believe it or not. That's when they uh, kind of pre-qualify. I should have that. I've done so... enough FM seasons to know that. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> disappointed um second question who has the record for the most defeats in champions league games you said dynamo kiev it is actually believe it or not porto porto have the record for the most defeats number three how many times has a champions league game ended in 4-4 now i thought you were gonna guess right here rory you were kind of going it was free it's not six or twelve um which player has the most Champions League appearances? You said I could see us. Now initially, it was until Cristiano Ronaldo, given his amount of moves, um, did eclipse it, so yes, he did manage to. Always that go record. for
0: Ronaldo with records. And, and if you, it's a record.: just Exactly.: say Cristiano Ronaldo. Exactly.
1: And you did get correctly with nil uh, Nils, which team has a record, and it is AC Milan. So I have got some alternative questions, but given the time on the clock. I think we can conclude it there. So, um, Rory, we're going to have to tally up who actually wins this series of Mastermind. I will I'm try and go back it. and
0: have a look. <laughs> um, I'll try and go back and have a look and see because it would be quite nice to give some finality for the listeners, right, rather yeah, exactly. than it being an entire waste of time. Um, I will go back and check. Um, but, guys, thank you for joining us. As always, it's been a pleasure. Hope it's been a pleasure for mm-hmm. you. Um, you can find us on Twitter at ItalianAngloPod on Instagram at Pod. And on YouTube, go and like and subscribe all our things. Um, and on TikTok as well, Anglo Italian yes. Pod. Um, and we will be back on Monday with our live show, as always, half past eight UK time, half past nine Central European time, to discuss all of the weekend action. Mm-hmm. So we hope to see you there. Um, Adam anything to say before I send them off with a quote
1: no just do as much as you can spread the word on our YouTube channel we are trying to go to the 500 subscriber kind of mark at the moment we're at 250 so thank you for those that already subscribed mm-hmm. but that would be really appreciated if you can get us to the next level so have a great weekend of football let's do it and we're going
0: to finish with we have some characters that often appear on this show, whether it's Richard Keys or Grabara or... Yep. Um, I don't know, who's, who's another we always talk about? Uh, Nathan but Jones. The one who's recurring... Sorry?
1: <laughs> Nathan Jones. Nathan
0: Jones is yeah. another one. Well, this one, we can't get him out of the shop at the minute. He's always here. Um, and we're going back to Michael Owen, and this is him responding to his critics in his critically acclaimed show with the referee, is it called? I've never even bloody seen it. But him... <laughs> on Twitter, here we go, from the great Michael Owen, you're just scumbags always have been troll through a load of messages until you find a couple of negative ones and then create an article, most people thought the show was insightful and educational which is our aim well Michael, judging by the hidden replies, not everybody <laughs> agrees with you, thank you for joining me, thank you for joining us guys we will see you next week, ciao adosbots
1: Boom! Good lad. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Thought we'd get that in.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.